Well, hello and welcome to, well, you know what this is. You clicked on it. I mean, you clicked on the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. So That's, That is what this is. Yeah. But I just repeated it like I needed to. <laughs> it's Rochelle and Carter here. We're going to talk about profound things. And, and if you're new, you're yes. probably like, these people are going to talk about profound things. Yeah. Okay. I'm not making this up. My husband, he ordered a, what, what do you call it? A Zoom concert with Jim Brickman. Do you know who Jim Brickman is? You can, yeah, he does a bunch of Christmas music, right? He does do great Christmas music. Actually, he does a lot of great music in general. He's actually worked with some pretty amazing artists like Susan Ashton, who's a former Christian music artist, uh, Michael W. Smith. So, I mean, the guys, he's worked with some people. And uh, we were watching the Zoom concert with, with him last night, and he does this incredible song. Uh, it's called The Simple Things, and it's just reminding us, you know, laughter, snowflakes, different things like that. I mean, just those, it's about the simple things and treasuring those things. And after it was over, the only reason why I'm bringing this up, Carter, Caleb goes, profound. That's all he says. Your, your 11-year-old son My 11-year-old. Profound. Yeah. So you're, you're mocking our being profound, and maybe we should keep it simple. Well, like a snowflake. That's true. That's true. <laughs> You know, you Profound. like uh, you like Jim Breckman's music. I, I prefer his cousin, Jim Stoneman. Oh, nice. Uh, and, they, uh, interesting. They have different last names. Well, they're cousins. You see, oh, you see it I works. See. You know, and their other cousin, uh, Jim Graniteman. So um, they were all in the masonry business. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, so this is the oh. podcast where we talk about what we're going through spiritually and sometimes Jim Breckman. Yeah. Um, and Profound. So... so uh, Rochelle, I don't even know if you've talked about it yet on here that your husband is dealing with COVID-19. Yeah, I honestly don't remember. I know. No, did I? I don't think we because we talked to Mandisa last week and I don't yeah. think it came up. And then it's, it, you know, it wasn't much earlier than that. So I'm, lit I'm literally doing this podcast. It may sound different audially. It's because I'm broadcasting from my closet. That's a that's a weird place to be. I mean, you're sitting there on the ground. I'm sitting on a blanket. On okay. the crowd. All right. <laughs> Looking at all the clothes we probably should give away because we're never going to fit in again. Uh, that's a positive outlook right there. <laughs> but uh, my husband, yeah, it's probably the sickest I've ever seen him. I've heard that from so many people now who have dealt with this in their own family situation and looking at their loved ones saying, I, I've never seen them this bad. So I, I have seen him with the flu. I have seen him with food poisoning. I have seen him even after surgery. This one's pretty pretty rough and as a medical professional he's able to really kind of tell me all right now this is what i'm experiencing it sounds weird too it's almost like a documentary and now coming up from my lungs is the that's enough i'm good I i'm good yeah i mean lunch yeah i don't need all this information <laughs> but praise the lord i feel like he's he's doing better we have certainly heard from friends who have not um been in the same position they, theirs has been more extended or they've even lost loved ones in the midst of all of this. Uh, so I do believe he's on the men. Praise the Lord. And Carter, I don't have it. Yeah. I yeah. was very much in his presence during his symptoms and I've been very exposed and I, I do not have it. I've tested negative. I don't know. I, maybe I'm like the llamas that they're, they're investigating in Europe. They're like, Oh, there's something about their blood. Maybe they should investigate mine. I don't know. I didn't even know the llama thing was a real. It's a thing. Oh you haven't God. heard about the llama. In fact, people are like going over to llama farms and saying, hey, can I get a gallon of their blood? That's not how it works. Not, you can't just have can't just, llama blood. and. It's not like you're gassing up at a station yet. <laughs> you got any premium llama blood? Um, <laughs> 
So, yeah, no, and and obviously, you know, so many people uh, praying for you and glad that it's yeah. it's it seems like he's on the mend, too. He just regained taste, I think, last night, correct? Yes, with an M&M peanut. That's peanut good. M&M. After 10 days of not tasting anything. If I had 10 days of not tasting anything, I would have lost 100 pounds. Yeah, I... I think you're also super hungry, though, even though you can't taste anything. And I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But well, you got to like, eat, I guess. Because you're you're using so much of your energy sometimes by shivering. Yeah. Yeah. So you still have to. It's like feed a cold, starve the. I don't know. Man. I'm making this stuff. I don't know. Nobody don't knows. Nobody knows. But um, yeah. But after, you know, the the, the uh, diagnosis and um, dealing with, okay, I've been around you and you've been around him. Yeah. And so uh, I, I went and got tested and, and obviously mine was negative too. And twice. You had to go get tested twice. I got tested twice. They said the first time might've been too early. So I got tested twice. And especially that first time, because we have a newborn, uh, my wife and I are a little bit on overdrive of this right now of, sure. of being extra cautious. And, um, you know, I know the answer could have looked, we can get into that too, of, of, of what God allowed or didn't allow could have looked different ways. But when I was sitting there praying over and over before I went and got tested the first time, um, I uh, was reminded, in fact, it just came up kind of in a, a quiet time of the persistent widow parable from Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me just go ahead and read this. Actually, it's just, it's obviously a short story in Luke 18. And he said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And so there's a corrupt judge here. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterwards he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on earth? And I've, I've even heard it put, will he find that kind of persistent faith on earth? Mm-hmm. And so clearly what God's saying, what Jesus is saying here is uh, for a corrupt man to give justice, how much more that a loving God would give justice. Yeah. And um, yeah, what's interesting is that we can get to the the answer part uh, here in a minute, because I know not everybody feels that their prayers are heard at any given specific time. Um, but it gave me the permission to annoy God. <laughs> It's kind of nice. And and not that you really can, yeah. but that you can just pepper. The word that came to mind was pepper him. Pepper him with prayer over and over and over, just like that woman does. And clearly he encourages that kind of persistent faith. It makes me think of Stewie from Family Guy, which I do not <laughs> like that cartoon. Uh-huh. I, I'll be honest, but somebody has shown me the clip and it's pretty hilarious when he's just... Can yeah. you pull it up? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it in there pull right it now. It's just very uh, mom. Because yeah. I, I guess the mom in this moment would represent the unrighteous judge because the way that she responds, Stewie's yeah. mom, okay, is not the way God probably would respond. Right, here you go. Here's here's uh, Stewie talking to his mom over and over. She's just tired. Tired mom. It's pretty easy to... Mom! Mom! <laughs> mom! Mommy! 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 Mama! 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 Ma! Ma, 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 oh my mom, 
Mom! Mom! Yeah. Mom! Mommy! Mommy! Mama! This is not a repeated Mama. clip. This is how it no. really Mama. goes. What? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> just runs off. <laughs> That's persistence. That is persistence. Just yeah. wants to say hi. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I, I thought of that when you were sharing. It, it's it's a good lesson um, of continue prayer. God knows your feelings anyway. We've talked about that. Why not pray? Even if you feel angry with God or, you know, why did this happen? God knows your heart. Why not have the conversation with him? And then he can, you know, actually speak to you about it. And so I, I've, I learned a lot there of um, not just not giving up on something like that woman didn't give up, uh, but uh, in terms of, let's say you have a, a, a dream or a goal, or especially when it comes to, um, there's been multiple people in my life that I will pray for, for a good stretch, man, I want them to know Jesus. And then, you know, I, maybe I don't talk to them for a while or, or whatever. And then I kind of forget to pray for them. And then I, I, you know, they go on the radar again. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Let's pray for them again uh, to meet Jesus. And I, I, I've been encouraged by that to not give up in that sense in the long run. But this was a good kind of a different way. Um, We even talked about a couple weeks ago, reading the Bible, you know, and you'll get something different out of it to like literally over and over and over when something is on your mind, just cease, uh, pray without ceasing Mm -hmm. and go to him until he says, what? (laughs) Not that he'd say it that way. (laughs) Um, But uh, so, so there's, there's that. And I I thought that was good encouragement. Mm -hmm. But then I know Rochelle, you kind of, when I told you this, you said, but but what if what if the answer isn't speedy, or what if the answer doesn't isn't the one that you? What want? if the answer was what my husband got? He got COVID because we all prayed, "Don't get COVID." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So does that mean what? What does that mean? I'd love to hear what you think. I mean, for me, the the principle is still the same: go to God no matter what, and go to Him over and over again. Um, I think what we have to do of why is, is this allowed? I mean, you know, what, what my, my dad is, is famous in my life for saying is, you know, why, why do kids get cancer, for example? And he'll go, cause there's sin in the world. It got broken at the beginning. There's sin in the world and that allowed all this to, to come about. And so yeah. I think it's, that's not the answer we want to hear, but that is the, the answer. Um, and then why did God specifically allow me to go through this? I think he's he's working with a a, a, a uh, I think we even talked about this a few weeks ago a painting that got messed up God is redeeming and using that canvas and he's going to work it out his way so that he gets the glory in the end mm. and I know we'll all be able to see it at the end uh doesn't mean it's not tough now but I think that's something that we can hang our hat on you know why did Sammy get covid well because he's one of the most encouraging people that I know and so for somebody to like that to be able to go through something like this and encourage people that are super fearful or super resentful if they were to get it. And then he can encourage and he can speak to them because he has been where they are. Mm-hmm. I, I would understand why a guy like that has gone through it. It stinks, but I would understand why, you know, God's going to use uh, people that are seeking after him. Yeah. I think there's many reasons why things are allowed to touch our lives. And the, I think what you said is perfect. We have to connect with God. Mm-hmm persistently praying consistently seeking relationship and then when we are seeking i mean it's like okay if i'm constantly going over to my mom and dad's house i'm going to be covered by the roof of their home right i'm going to be surrounded with things that remind me of mom and dad because i'm in their home if i'm constantly seeking god in his house quote unquote i will be 
consistently surrounded by the things of who he is, which is peace. So if I'm seeking relationship with the Lord, no matter what the circumstances are, I will be surrounded by his peace, Mm -hmm. regardless of what the outcome is, whether it is a positive testing on COVID, whether it is, no, you didn't get that job that you were looking for, or you got that that bit of news that was very disruptive and in whatever it was that happened in your life that you feel like you prayed and prayed and prayed like the persistent widow. Why didn't I get the outcome? The, the interesting part of scripture that you read there, it said, God is just that, that judge was an unrighteous judge, Mm -hmm. right? But God is just justice doesn't always look like quote fairness as the world describes it as right. Mm -hmm. And so is God not just to complete the work that he started in you. Can you go into his home and continue in that relationship with him in prayer and trust him in the midst of all of that? I think you can if you are committed in prayer and are given peace in the midst of storms and trials and to rely on him that this is somehow going to be used for his good, even though it hurts, that you're given what you need to, to move forward. And I think that's key is is your relationship with him and I mean, clearly, you look at the disciples, um, there was that incredible moment where Peter had all these people praying for him, and he's imprisoned, and they're going to kill him the next day. And the folks praying for him, hard on their knees praying, they see him in the middle of the night because angels come and release him from prison, get him out right under the noses of his armed guards, and he goes knocking on the door. In fact, it's a great story because the little, the little girl who comes to answer the door while everybody's praying freaks out because it's him at the door and she's like <gasps> and she like leaves without opening it <laughs> wait little just, girl come back he just stands there and waits for her to come back because she's like oh my gosh i forgot to let him in because everybody's like what are you talking about he's in prison uh but it's like oh what an incredible story god obviously answered their prayer mm-hmm. but what about when he was later on crucified mm. they believe even he asked to be crucified upside down um so as not to be crucified in the same way his lord was that, that is traditional belief in the church that that's what happened. Was there not still people praying for him to be uh, freed from prison? Right, right. It's like there, it, it, there's a time where we are given a ticket for the next thing that God assigns to our lives. Can we trust him with the assignment, whatever it looks like? And we can absolutely pray, Lord, would you allow this to pass over? But then pray the ultimate prayer, what Jesus said in the garden of Gethsemane before he gave his life for us freely. He said, but not my will, your will. So I think you're right. I think persistence is key in prayer. And when we persistently pursue God, we are surrounded by what blesses us in the midst of trials. What could, yes, be a gift from him in terms of letting the death angel pass over. Mm -hmm. Um, to use that part of uh, what happened in Hebrew's history, the Hebrew people's history in Egypt, um, or to go through the crossing of the Red Sea. You know, they still had to walk th- over that soggy riverbed to get to the other side. Um, whatever it looks like, God's with us. Yeah, I, I try to think about it with, because, uh, you know, my ultimate thing was, you know, God, even if I get it, keep Ezra safe, my my, my newborn. Yeah. And uh, and so if I was to get it, I, you know, I, I didn't I really didn't want to get it because I figured that means that Ezra probably had it or would get it. Um, but, uh, but if I, if I get it, then hopefully I can just quarantine and, you know, keep him safe. But you, you got to ask yourself, well, what even if, if, if then he got it and what even if God forbid he was to pass away from it? 
And I, I think all I can point to, you know, a lot of people, especially people who aren't of faith, will say, that's messed up that a God would allow that. Mm-hmm. And and I again, I, I don't get why, but I, I know that life is so short mm-hmm. uh, in compared to the long run of eternity. And so if if me going through something like that and I'm able to come alongside somebody in 10 years that goes through the death of a child too. Let's just say hypothetically that happened. And I, you know, obviously I'm praying that never happens uh, for me or for anybody else for the rest of uh, eternity. Um, but let's say I was able to, you know, sympathize with some empathize really with somebody later. Cause I knew exactly what they were going through and then they were able to do it with somebody else and they were able to do it with somebody else. And then that person became the next Billy Graham. So then now you have, you know, thousands of souls saved because I came alongside somebody that came alongside somebody that came alongside somebody that became the next Billy Graham. So what what is more glory in for God in the long run? Well, that's more people going to heaven and recognizing that there is a great relationship you can have with Jesus. And so if you just I try to get outside my brain a little bit and think about what could happen with this. Yeah. And and I know what God could and will use it for, even if it doesn't look exactly like the way I imagined it, it, it's going to be used for something good. You know, Stephen was the first martyr for Jesus. And Stephen, he just had a a really amazing alignment with God. I heard Tony Evans put it this way uh, over the weekend. He said, my garage door wasn't working one day and I tried to make it work. I'm pushing the button. I literally went outside and tried to physically move it myself. Could not. Nothing was working. It was plugged in. All of that. He's calling the garage repairman guy. And he said, uh, to Tony, or excuse me, Dr. Tony. I'm on a personal name basis with Dr. Tony Evans. <laughs> uh, but he tells him, before I come out there to your house, Dr. Evans, would you mind checking and looking at those little sensor boxes that are right there at the door frame of your garage? And they're mm. on the inside. I don't yeah. know if you've ever noticed them before. Oh, yeah. So he said, tell me about them and which way are they directed? He said, well, one of them is pointing directly at the other and the other is looking off into the distance over that way. He goes, there's your problem. Your sensors need to talk to each other. They Hmm. need to be communicating to each other. They need to be in alignment. How are you in alignment? When you're talking, (laughs) it certainly has to be a part of the communication process, right? When you're literally in alignment. Otherwise, it ain't gonna work. And so Stephen was in alignment with God. He was aligned with the Holy Spirit and he knew what he was supposed to do with his life. Even to the point, like he had only started preaching the cross of Christ. It was brand new what was happening with the Holy Spirit coming upon the disciples and it was incredible. And it was just, if I don't know, it feels like when you're reading through the book of Acts, it's like it, he barely lived, you know? Uh-huh. Where'd he go? Yeah. But that short lifespan spoke volumes to the apostle who was holding the coats of all the people stoning Stephen. Mm. You think about why would God allow such an incredible person? Well, first of all, he he got to be in the presence of the Holy of Holies. He was right there with Jesus. He saw it before he died. He even said, I see it. Mm. And then after being taken out of this world, which I don't know if you've noticed, by the way, is a little broken lately or always. Yeah goes straight to perfection. <laughs> I don't know if that's cruel necessarily, uh, but then speaks so much to the Apostle Paul, who is the one who writes most of the New Testament 
is the one who's literally cheering on those who are killing Stephen and who I can guarantee you never forgot that moment. Yeah, how could you? So, I, yeah, why would it be allowed? We can guess, we can ask why. Actually, even the, the book of Job, God challenges Job. Who are you to ask why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I created you. Uh, but he does allow for us sometimes to have those those sessions of pounding on his chest because he's big enough to take it. He wants us to get out of that place, though, just like we would with our own teenagers who are kind of rebelling and having a moment with us. Come out of that moment and say, recognize you're still my parents. I still respect you. I still want to come under your covering and your house. And I want to connect with you and I want to grab hold of that piece that I know is going to help me pass through this. Um, we We can trust him. Yeah. Do I trust him? That's what it comes down to. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. And um, I think I can because that leads me to my thingy. Well, go ahead. Do you have another thingy? No, no, no. Go ahead. So have you ever heard the word, and don't roll your eyes because you may be like, yes, I've heard this word and it doesn't make any sense. Agape. Uh, yes, I have. Does it make you roll your eyes? No. Because it sounds, um, I think sometimes it sounds real churchy. I agape love you. Uh-huh. But there's a really big reason why it's become such a big deal in the church over the years. And it's because if you can achieve the highest status of love fathomable, then that's agape love. And it's interesting because there are like four different forms of love, according to um, the Greek, I guess you could say the Greek vocabulary. Um, And most of them are really out to just do something for you. So there's the one that's kind of, I don't know, lusty. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's, um, I've got it right here. Uh, eros is the kind of love. It's actually connected to the word erotic. It's about lust impulses, carnal impulses, stuff like that. Um, to ask, to beg, to demand. So it's about um, giving yourself pleasure, not seeking to give it for others, right? Um, there's that part that there's, I mean, there's a lot we could go through here, but I, I really want to get straight to, Sturgo is interesting because it's the kind of love, um, that a ruler might have for, uh, its nation or like a dog has for its master or love that exists between parents and kids. And that's really nice, but it's kind of exclusive. Mm-hmm. So it's not like for everybody. Uh, and then there's filio, which I mean, it sounds like Philadelphia, and with good reason. It's about affection that you have for friends, between two friends. Like Brotherly love. Exactly. But the agape is the only love that stands out because it's all-inclusive, and it expects nothing in return. Nothing in return. And it's exactly what Jesus modeled for us. And so it's like, how can I trust God? And then you break down what agape love is because this is all that he has shown to us. I've shared this, overshared probably this verse from Romans where it says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm -hmm. There, I guarantee you, have been people since Jesus' passing on the cross and resurrection from the tomb that have not committed their life to him before they left this one. And he knew going to the cross that that would be so. But yet he still died for them. He knew going into that, that they would never ask for forgiveness, that they would never seek redemption. He knew that. He knows me who has sought redemption and asked for forgiveness and who continues sometimes to go back to the very sin that I just confessed Mm -hmm. 
He knew that and he still died for me. So agape love is literally, it, it is so completely profound because it doesn't know any limit. It doesn't know any boundary. It is not self-seeking. It is everything that Paul addresses in 1 Corinthians 13. And it really challenged me when I was reading about agape this morning because I thought I do not love with the intensity that God loves and has designed me through his spirit in my heart to love with at all times. Maybe here and there. Mm-hmm. There are moments <laughs> that shimmer and I'm like, yay, I accomplished it. And immediately in those moments where I vainly go see what I did, <laughs> it's gone, right? Because it's not self-seeking. Yeah. It's always about serving. It's like going to a prison and doing everything you can to love on that person who's completely undeserving because you know they're guilty of what they did and never, ever believing one for one second that they will ever say a kind word to you back and being and being uh, I don't want to say the word okay with it but being content because you are not doing it for the reason of getting anything out of it you're doing it as unto the Lord yeah I, I think when you follow God's leading you you might finally find it but I uh, I know what was raised in my uh, philosophy class in college yeah is is altruism which is what you're describing is is being able to do something good for truly <laughs> doing something good. Um, is it does it actually exist? Is it possible? And I I would say a lot of the good that we see and do. Mm-hmm. I mean I'm putting myself in this. You know, let's say you get you get food for a homeless person. Well, even if you don't put it on Facebook, because yeah. if you do, there's they're serving yourself. Sure. Um, even if you don't, I know for me, at least I feel good about it. And what would people think if they saw me doing this? Hmm. And yeah. there's always a little bit of an element of that altruism cannot truly exist mm. uh, because it, we're all we're selfish people. There's always going to be a little bit of what about me and how, at least how do I look in doing this? Yeah. Now, I think if you truly follow God's calling and you do something that you would never do, then, you know, then that's going to be, cause God is altruistic. He, he doesn't care what we, you know, he wants us to love him, but he doesn't care. He, he's still God. He's always been God. <laughs> he will always be God. He truly doesn't need us. It's so his nature. That altruism, yeah, love agape us. love is, is that, but, yeah. but can we do it? It's, it's very tough. It's I very think, tough. Like I said before, unless it's from him, yeah. Then we can't. And it's so quick for it to sneak back in there. Like I was saying, I was like, oh, that did feel good. Uh-huh. And it's really okay to feel the warm fuzzy. But then you have to remember to give it right back to him. Anything I have that is like a good gift comes from God. Mm-hmm. Anything. So have I truly committed all of the good gifts that God has given me right back to God? Honestly, you find out when... You're in the midst of praying for your child, little Ezra. Am I truly leaving my son in the hands of God? Can I truly trust him there? Mm -hmm. You find out in moments like that, if you really are releasing things over to him, because then I, 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 that's like you said, that is a lot easier to say than to actually do. Mm -hmm. But I do believe it's 100% possible. Why? Because I, I do believe God. I do take him at his word. And he said that, that the spirit that is in me is of Christ. It's his spirit. 
And Jesus even promised, he's like, unless I get out of here and go back to my heavenly father so that the spirit can come, you're not going to be able to do the incredible things that I've got set up for you to do because God's working. He's going to be working through you, even bigger things that you've seen me do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do we trust him with that? Do we really believe that? So can agape love not be one of those things? Absolutely. And can we not feel a little bit of the warm fuzzy? I don't think we should feel like... (gasps) Oh, then it's not real because I felt warm fuzzies for a moment. Again, if you're recognizing that it's not because of you, mm-hmm. that that appointment was set up, that yeah. you were able to help that homeless person. Yeah. It was God. God, thank you for allowing me to be a part of that moment. Thank you for helping me battle my flesh, too, because I certainly didn't want to have to stop and go get a meal or whatever it was that you did because you had to fight that moment or whatever it was that you had to fight. Yes, we are in our, our human body. One day we won't be. And it will be a struggle. Uh, it's not like one day you woke up and it's all gone. And you don't. if you, if you woke up one day and it's all gone, it's because you died. Yeah. Yeah. And you're already in the presence of perfection. It is a daily struggle. Paul says, I, is it Paul or Hebrews, which we don't know the author of Hebrews. Oh. But to daily pick up your cross and follow after it. So this is not just like a one day deal. Right. <laughs> I just, I feel like you, like, we have a new feature on the Anything But Quiet Time podcast, and it's this Bible fact brought to you by, and you just said, you know, just in passing, we don't know the author of Hebrews, and then kept going. It was awesome. Yeah, by the author, the unknown author of Hebrews. So many people are like, yeah, we do. We know who it was, (laughs) which I've actually read about that. Hebrews looks nothing like anything that Paul has ever written. So a lot of people are like, I think it's Paul. Oh, but it's not. Some people suggest it could have been even Mary. Mary Magdalene. Fascinating. Yeah. The, That's well, very there's, fascinating. There's a lot of suggestions. I mean, if you d- dig deep enough, somebody could be like, I think it was Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's got a theory. But anyway, the point is, is that it was true. Every day to pick up your cross and follow after Jesus is a thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great stuff. Uh, we want to thank you. Thank for you. being here, the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. Of course, if you found us through uh, Spotify, iHeart, you know, your podcast app, anything, uh, hopeondemand.com is where this lives. There's other podcasts there. Uh, there's Christian artists giving their stories and songs uh, to you. It's all absolutely free, hopeondemand.com. Here's to you, Jim Brickman. <laughs> Full circle.